Hey there, film fans. I'm Jeff. I'm Dave. And I'm John. And welcome back to The Love of Cinema, a pod in which we'll challenge one another, no, 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 challenge one another to discuss <laughs> movies, both new and old, with That's a strictly old, positive, critical eye. I'm a little buzzed because we it- record both of these episodes <laughs> at once. Uh, you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> This is our midweek episode, people. Thank you for joining us here at the Love of Cinema pod, a film podcast with positive. Anytime we say anything negative, you hear this sound. That means we are drinking. And we are today talking about supposedly one of the greatest movies of all time. According to the American Film Institute's list. Dave, anything you want to say about the American Film Institute? The what? Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) Dave's from Australia. So... Fucking nationalist over here. So we are premiering this episode here. In the Why don't you guys go back where you came from? <laughs> All right. So, um, <laughs> so we just talked about In the Heights, which just came out Thursday, June 10th, for a limited run on HBO Max, a 30-day run on HBO Max. If you have your subscriptions up to date, get it, because apparently not a lot of people do. Apparently not a lot of people have their HBO Max subscription. I heard 20 million, which Netflix and Amazon are drooling over stealing those subscribers. 20 million people, get your HBO Max subscriptions and go ahead and watch In the Heights and on HBO Max. Actually, wait, I should say go in the theaters. Go pay the money. Go, go give, give Lin-Manuel some money. Hamilton was out for a year and a half. All right, go, get, go, go, go. Anyway, also on HBO Max is... I think he's okay. Also on HBO... <laughs> I, think, okay. I think he's doing yeah. okay. Right. He's, he's falling in with Give Disney now. Give his book writer and screenwriter, Kiara Alegria Hudez, some money. Okay, so also on HBO Max is Singing in the Rain, a movie that I have never seen, despite having a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree. So here we are, people. <laughs> We're talking about Singing in the Rain, but really quick, John, go ahead and do some shout outs. Shout outs. We have a beer sponsor. His name is Carlos Barozzo. You can follow him on Instagram. The handle is cbarozzobar2019. That's C-B-A-R-R-O-Z-O-B-A-R-2019. And if you're digging the music, head on over to soundcloud.com forward slash dasign dash artist. And you can download all the music available for free by the artist dasign. Jeff, why don't you tell us who's with us again this week? We have with us Amy Jo Jackson, star of Woo! Danny Girl by Kubin and Diamond, which I saw. Oh my gosh! I forgot you saw that. <laughs> yes. Wow! 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 Oh my gosh! Amy Joe Jackson, co-host of the And Almost Starring podcast, and apparently there's a lot of other jobs. Amy Joe, how you doing? You know what? I'm doing great. Oh uh, it's great to still be here, yeah. uh, hanging out with all of you. <laughs> Amy Joe, we don't usually record on a Friday night, but how you feeling? How's it going on Friday night? You know what? I'm feeling great. I'm one Manhattan down. Yeah. Uh, gonna I was gonna talk- say. <laughs> We're going to give it up to you really quickly. You are the first person who's been on this show who played this drinking game with us with hard liquor in your hand. So uh, yeah, what, even whatever the even opposite. I haven't, even I haven't tried this yet. I'm an effusive person. There are things I hate extremely, like, ugh, like vigorously, but neither of them were mm-hmm. the things we're talking okay, about. Good. So uh, like, oh, I, good, I, good. I don't have a okay. lot. You know, I'm like, I can, I can handle it. Well, in case some jerks missed our wish- In the Heights episode this past week, can you go ahead and plug your podcast for us? Oh, for sure. It's called And yeah. Almost Starring. I co-host it with my partner, my spouse, Jeff Ronan. Uh, it is a comedic movie podcast. We take a film, we break down the casting, we come up with some fantasy casting, and then Jeff takes us through who was considered for 
some of the roles in the film and we break down whether that would have made it better or worse and generally I have a lot of opinions about things <laughs> a lot of strong feelings well, let- uh, and you can find us uh, uh, really wherever you get any of your pods or on Instagram or Facebook at and almost starring that's so excited can yeah and if that if that name sounds familiar we did have uh, Jeff join us for uh, I believe it was Batman Forever it was yeah. we, we didn't say we for, didn't say that in the previous but was it, uh, episode really but we bad. totally did yeah. yes yeah Jeff did join us, her co-host. What shape was 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 he in after that show? We drank so much. (laughs) You know what? That was like mid-pandems, baby. It really was, Honestly, nobody was, let's not go there. Let's not count drinks in the middle of the Amy Joe, for all we know, Amy Joe was out drinking him off the podcast because it was (laughs) mid-pandems. She's just sitting there with like a triple Manhattan judging him while he's on her pod. I know what you're doing. So Amy Joe, so so Jeff Ronan always does the research ahead of time and you come in cold so that way you can do some dream We'll watch the movie together and he will tell me, hey, these are the roles we're looking at that other people were considered for. Because sometimes like there's there's some that uh, I can't talk about. We've recorded a lot in advance because we have some work stuff coming up, which is great. Uh Oh, great. But um, so there's some things where it's like the lead, the titular character that was always going to be this one person. But like a lot of the side characters or secondary characters characters have other people up for them and it's not necessarily that those are the only people who other people were up for obviously but especially with some of the films as we get a little further back in time there's less info um so jeff is going off a lot of the different uh resources he'll he'll mine off the internet right. and uh, yeah so i nice. don't do any of that deep dive i come in cold and love to be astonished uh, in the moment one of my favorite astonishing moments is that leonardo dicaprio fought for the role that brendan fraser got in the mummy that was a really big surprise for me mm. um c- it's yeah can you give us one of your favorite like surprise like something like that and then also one that probably probably would have made the movie better can you give us one of each hmm Oh, gosh. Here's the problem. I don't know if you all have this experience with podcasting, but sometimes once I say something on a podcast and we finish, yeah. it's gone out of my head forever. Yeah. Um, but I do think David Bowie yeah, being we drink up on ours. for... Well, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, have I, a I have cocktail, na- you know. I have, I have everyone's name on screen just in case. <laughs> <laughs> like, anyway. um, I would say David Bowie being up for the role of Hook in Hook. Ooh. That's that's uh, that's mm. pretty Ooh. wild. I, I think Dustin Hoffman is probably a better choice but it is interesting to think about and um i mean one that i knew about but would have made for a very different film is that uh sister act was originally conceived for bet midler to play the role yeah um and so that's obviously that i i love to know especially with some of these star vehicles like oh look at how much they've now adjusted it and shaped it around the actor that they eventually hired oh, yeah um, as opposed to sometimes you're like they did not shape this enough around the actor that they hired you can feel that they didn't bother to do any rewrites. And uh, mm-hmm. so that's been very interesting. Oh my gosh. Well, Amy Joe's also written a musical that's premiering coming up soon. So go ahead and listen to our other podcast where we really, really just like give Amy Joe the praise at the beginning. But thank you so, oh gosh. thank you so, so much for being here. We are truly honored. I have never seen this film here, Singing in the Rain. So before I ask these knuckleheads have, and I get into the breakdown, ha- just yes or no, have you seen this film before, many times, several times? Yes. Okay, cool. I also yes. have a degree in musical theater. Yeah. Of okay, course. Cool. Okay, yeah. so it's me just too. me. All right. Just well, blink twice if you want us right, to. Buzz let me in. get into the. <laughs> let me get it. Oh gosh. Oh come on. Yeah, you said okay. 
Yeah, no. The let me set this up. Mini let me drinks. set this up, and then I'll pass this off. So this is part of our should have seen that by now, which apparently means great movies or supposedly great movies. We've done Citizen Kane. We've done Parasite, which, by the way, was a great rewatch for those of us non assholes who had seen it. Dave. So um, <laughs> Parasite's great. It's also on Hulu. So go ahead. Citizen Kane's on HBO Max, as is. Yeah, tr- trust me. I, I read the uh, I read the description of the uh, episode drop this week. There's, that's some good work. All right. So, yes, yes. Yeah, I had fun with that. Okay. Singing in the Rain, people. You know it. It's Gene Kelly, who apparently co-directed, co-choreographed, and co-almost tanked the movie by being an asshole on set. Gene Kelly stars in a movie from 1952 called Singing in the Rain, featuring the song Singing in the Rain, about a film production company and cast making a difficult transition to sound. We're talking about silent movie stars right when the jazz singer comes out featuring blackface in the 1920s and then they all of the movie studio that's for the jazz singer yeah that's that's not for me that's <laughs> correct I, yeah. I learned about the jazz singer in college and now all my teachers are like oh shit we have to teach this but i mean we you're holding it you might as well drink anyway <laughs> i'll teach on behalf of everybody with the bfa that learned about how the jazz singer was an important film and which it is but man we we gotta spend some time cultural themes people cultural themes outdated. they only had like three songs and three of those songs. okay anyway Yada, yada, yada. This is set in the 20s during the golden age. It's 1950s. We're talking golden age movies. We're talking about one of the best movie musicals of all time. You know this stuff. Can somebody just go ahead and roast me for not having seen this movie? Go ahead. Jeff, you said, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. Let's just kick it off the shaming. You said you had an answer prepared. So why, how did you escape never having seen this movie in childhood, being somebody who I know you were interested in music and eventually musical theater in middle school and high school and stuff? I'm just curious, do you not... Because I have not seen most movie musicals, but I've seen, I think, some of the important core ones. Why had you not seen this I, one? I don't know as far as why, like, my child... That's a shitty answer. That's You know what? Mm. <laughs> That's just, you said you had an answer prepared. Guys, <laughs> Come on. Guys, if the people think we have notes, they're going to think we really, really need some work, right? Um, no, no, no. I, I, as far as my childhood, I don't know. I watched Bambi a lot, and I cried, like, in my undies when I was home from, like, sick from school. But as far as movie musicals, it was, sure. like, The Wizard of Oz, Sound of Music, and, and that TMI. was it. it. Was it, Dave? So it was, like, <laughs> The Wizard of Oz... It was, um, and mm-hmm. then and then Sound of Music. It was like the two big, I didn't even watch Mary Poppins that much, though I had seen it. So when I got to college and I was the only one that was like, rent's great. And everybody's like, fuck you. It's like, okay, uh, this BFA is going to be harder to get than I thought. Um, oh, no. People, people so you know, I had some friends that were singers and dancers and they loved it. And for some reason, they introduced me to An American in Paris, which was also a Gene Kelly film, which came out the year before in 1951. And I said, you know what? Mm-hmm. I have an idea. Why don't we not do the movie? Just just throw the movie in the garbage and just do the dance concert part of it. Just that the thing that the 20 minute end. dance yeah. thing is fantastic. <laughs> the rest of the story, kind of not for me. Um, the Allen movie, great female characters, not for me. Anyway, so like, I'll tell you, did you see that on stage? I did. No, I had a lot of friends it? in it. No, it was yeah, not yeah. my favorite moment right, in right, the right, theater. Right. Update the book, people. It's okay. Mm. Nobody cares. Look, I think it's okay to roast something that is like ridiculously sexist <laughs> yeah, on, on the Broadway stage Good. in the in the Good. late 20,000. The ABT you know, dancers were great. That's fair. Right? 
There was gorgeous dancing and many wonderful performances. I'm arguing with the construction. construction for sure. You know when you walk away from it, a two and a half hour musical saying the dancing was great. There was something so, something lacking. So I didn't run to see yeah. Singing in the Rain after everybody was telling me, oh, you got to see these movie musicals. And then American in Paris comes out and I was like, so it's Gene Kelly the next year. I got it. I'm, I'm good. But having said that, this movie was fantastic. I did have a good time. Um, anyway, I'm not in charge anymore. Who wants to be in charge? Amy Joe, Yeah, tell us. Uh, you can give us your backstory just a little bit if you grew up watching this movie. But why did you love this movie on this rewatch? Do you do you always love this movie? Why why do you think it stands out? Or why do you think there are problems with it? Or Yeah, I mean, I could not tell you the first time I saw this or how many times I've seen it. Like, I also really? was like, okay. I, awesome. I did not... Uh, a little... I spent my entire youth and adolescence only watching movie musicals and like Hitchcock nice. films. So I have, that's, that's awesome. I have no cool <laughs> <Yes>. factor. I got <laughs> yes. to college and I went to school next door to Berkeley college of music. And they used to play this tune called uh, this game called name that tune with Amy Joe, where they would play really well-known songs on their guitars and I wouldn't know them and they would laugh at me. And this game died when I didn't know smells like teen uh, spirit. And I was like, I've heard mm-hmm. this. I think. And they're like, you can't say it. And then I was like, no, I don't know what it is. And they were like, smells like Teen Spirit. I was like, I've never heard of that. And they were like, oh my God. I was like, well, do which, you know every breath of the West Side Story yeah. soundtrack? This is like, this no, is like a Tig sketch, yeah. like come to life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I watched this movie so, so much in my youth. Um, the dancing's incredible. I, I, the last time mm. I rewatched this before, the rewatch for this film was last summer. Like I watched it about a year nice. ago, you know, because I was sad it was a pandemic and uh, i was like i'm gonna watch some tap dancing and smile and yeah. um hmm. yeah i learned the the singing in the rain tap dance in my college tap class you know like i i, I don't know i went ham on this movie and i'm still <laughs> waiting to play lena lamont on the yes. american stage it, it can still happen it can still happen but um yeah i think i don't know yeah does everything make sense of course not but do i care no uh it is a delight all of the actors are wonderful and they dance and sing their faces off. And uh, it's yeah. very Have you done the cocaine that some of these people did before their musical numbers? Okay, no, it's, you didn't have to answer that. No, but no. <laughs> well, that's why I don't dance, darling. I did look up how old was Donald O'Connor doing this because this was the rewatch where <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God. Me too. Like, I was I like, like Gene yeah. Kelly's knees. <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Just since O'Connor's we brought him knees. up. Uh, the third, the third piese of trivia on IMDb trivia, Donald O'Connor recalled, quote, I was smoking four packs of cigarettes a day then, and getting up those walls was murder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he also, he also had to, shit. He also had to do it twice because yeah. they botched the footage of the first take. Mm-hmm. So uh, he, he was to, mad after, at Gene. After he, yeah, after he got out of hospital, he had to come okay, back and well, do it again. So let, let, me, let me just set up the premise, right. and then you can Look. keep going. The premise is that Don Lockwood, played by Gene Kelly, sure. and his on-screen partner, who apparently, they don't hate each other off-screen, but, you know, they're not in love off-screen. Lena Lamont, played by Gene Hagen. They... Uh, are silent movie stars, which we do get to see a lot of that. And then right when the jazz singer comes out in the middle of production of another film, right as Gene Kelly is starting to fall for an upcoming actress played by the one and only incredible cast at 19 years old, still living with her parents, Debbie Reynolds, who plays Kathy in this Mm. film. Just as this is is happening, best friend, Cosmo Brown, played by Donald O'Connor, as we just mentioned, and Gene Kelly help come up with a way of transitioning to the talkies, to the stage by turning that picture into a musical where Kathy does all of the singing for the one and only Lena Lamont, 
And that's essentially the premise of the movie. Okay, just to give people some context. Okay. I think you left out the part that Lena sounds like a truck driver from Queens. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, this is yeah, why. She's, 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 yeah. she's, it's like you close your eyes and it's almost like Bobcat Goldwaith is there. <laughs> so that's where the joke it's is. Like... So uh, let me, all right, let me just say that this is why this movie is so brilliant to me. Um, for movies and musicals, since you know both of these genres combined to make this so brilliant, I think my favorite, personally, my favorite kinds of those two different genres and mediums is when one, if they're going for comedy, they either know exactly what they are, and there's a very intense self awareness and meta metadom about it, if you will. Or if this you're on the other is, side of that, yeah. this movie's meta as the, fuck, dude. It's meta as fuck. I'm gonna get there. Yeah. <laughs> if you're on the other side of that, it has to be the most groundbreaking, sincere, grounded drama to really pull off one of both of these things. This movie is incredible because it's a movie that knows it's a movie. It's a movie about movies transitioning to a different kind of movie. And it's a musical that yeah. knows it's a fucking musical. So one of my favorite and uh, contemporary musical musicals. It. And it has a musical in it. So it's a show yeah. within a show, a movie within a movie and musical. I mean, it's so self-aware yeah. that you're in on every single joke. You feel like you're part of the industry when did, most of us watched Christop this when we were Christopher kids. Did Christopher Nolan write this? He would, you know what? I guess it would have been way more confusing if Chris Bell had written this movie. Did you no, see Tenet? Did you see Tenet? Where's I mean, the they buzzer did, they for did, They did make a joke about killing stuntmen. Hey, you start, never right? laughed at the killing of a stuntman before? Look, one of my favorite. One of my favorite musical experiences I've ever had in the theater was when I saw Drowsy Chaperone in person. And there are so few musicals. Uh, that have that much self-awareness with that much keen, you know, very pointed comedy. They're looking at you in the face with a pointed finger and saying, you should laugh at this because it's ridiculous. And I, I don't think any movie has encompassed that, any movie musical has encompassed that better than Singing in the Rain. You get to go on the ride with them the entire time. It kind of tackles every aspect about why movie making is so silly and ridiculous, why Hollywood is so silly and ridiculous, and how you can solve any problem with a musical number. It's just, it's its the essence of movies and musicals combined. I just can't understand how anyone wouldn't find a lot of joy out of this. I have heard, you know, you read some things. Maybe there are some people who say, I agree with Jeff 100%. The dream sequence at the end of American in Paris might be like the greatest dream musical number ever conceived. I love the one in this as well. It does go away from the story a little bit more. than What's it? in it? Being the most centuries we've ever seen. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. I mean, I am not complaining at all. I love it. So I think this is this has a hundred percent rotten tomato rating. And I think it deserves it. If you have never seen a movie musical before, this should be number one on your list. I know Sound Wizard of Music of and of Mary Oz. Poppins yeah. and West Side Story and Wizard of Oz. Yeah. I'm catching the hell out those, of you. Yeah, sure, sure. I'm, I'm glad it wasn't kid. me first. That's all I can say. <laughs> I think Wizard of Oz. I think Wizard of Oz might be my favorite movie musical, but I think it does something very different than what this one does. You're gonna laugh at singing in the rain. You're gonna yeah. be with them every step of the way. Whereas Wizard of Oz, you might be a little bit on the edge of your seat because mm. it's absurd. It's surreal. There's different elements to it. So anyway, there's I, no I, witches and singing in the I've rain. You know, there's no there's yeah. no fireballs and singing in the rain. So integrity. They, they do. Oh, or, they do or, have dignity. Dignity. Always, they do always give the instructions dignity. though. <laughs> this, okay. this is why you're laughing, Dave. Do, how do many times have you, have you seen this before? Oh God, I've lost count. I like I've seen, I've seen this movie probably about eight times, um, lifetime, and I've seen make him laugh that clip 
over uh, a thousand times. Oh, motherfucker, um, did it play at your, your, uh, yeah, the job? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I'm the one that picked it. So that was all. It was on me. Did. And I'm ne- I, I tell you what, I never get sick of Four watching Four packs it. of cigarettes I, a day. I will, I will go down and say that that is one yeah. of the greatest examples of showmanship ever. 100%. Put on ever, film. Virtuosity like, ever, ever. without it feeling like the ease. The, yeah, that's the it, thing with like all of all of these musical numbers, but particularly the numbers with Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly, is they're just yeah, like, yeah. what a flex, you know? It's so yeah. effortless, and yet, can you believe I just jumped on this table like yeah. like people worked with <laughs> yeah. doing CrossFit for years, you know? Gene, my mom Gene was Kelly's... like, my mom stopped the movie. She was like, how did they get him on the piano? She was like, hey, was that a special effect? I was like, yeah. no. This they was, did a yeah, hundred yeah. takes and slapped him if he didn't get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like Gene Kelly's a phenomenal dancer. He's a great singer. He's a, he's, a, he's a good performer and stuff. But Donald O'Connor just has this something that like when he's being silly, it's still 100% believable. You're on board no matter how ridiculous this guy is being. He, he has that natural comic talent. You're going to go with him no matter where he goes. Well, he's a clown, you know, and yeah. Gene oh, yeah. Kelly is like, a funny leading man, hmm. but Donald but O'Connor they, is they like try, that. Ugh. They try to get Kelly to do clown, and he kind of hams it a little. He's and not a clown. Yeah, it's, no, no, no. It's, yeah, it's it's a ni- they're a nice what, contrast. Like if you, yeah. What percentage of this movie was Gene Kelly smiling in versus not smiling? His character was. He showed a lot of teeth. Again, though, isn't that a isn't that a comment on like the silliness and the glamour of the music yeah. theater showbiz? Thing? Like, yeah, like that's what it is, right? Yeah. Uh, and this, this I think starts, the. Uh, when this Go starts and it goes into the that fiddling number at the beginning. Can you imagine anybody, being in that anybody, audience and booing? Can you imagine? <laughs> anybody else need a fucking lie down after that? I'm like, I'm Honestly, just laying, I'm, I'm laying on the couch watching and I still felt like I needed a damn lie down. I, How old are those guys <laughs> when they were doing that too? Like the, you know, the down on the knees. I think O'Connor was like 26. Yeah, but he had the heart of a 50-year-old man. As we touched on on our episode of The Apartment, 35-year-olds look very different in 1950. You are telling me. Whiskey and cigarettes. Oh, God. Gene Harlow died at 26, and it's like, she looked, you look, know, yeah. older than 26. Look at that last Wait, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. No shit. No, not, not Gene, Gene Hagen. Hagen. No, I know. No, no, I, no, no, you no, saw no. me look. I didn't mean to look at this. No, no, no. Not Gene, not Gene Hagen, but Gene mm. Harlow. You know, we've touched on it, though. Let's just, I mean, let's lean into it a little bit. I know it, it, some people might think it's lame. For one, it still fulfills what I was talking about. The dancing knows that it's ridiculous dancing, but it's like fucking, it is movie magic. These are the best of their craft. It's like special effects. How the fuck do they do those, those numbers? Long, the dictation long number. takes. Oh, like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Moses supposes. I, so I watched oh a lot of this God. like on breaks from a rehearsal that I was a digital rehearsal I was doing all week. So I was like, okay, I have half an hour before they need me back. I'm going to turn the sound off on my computer and I'm I just want to thank you again and, like, for doing this podcast TV. this week. <laughs> oh gosh. No, 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 please. Yeah. You know, totally it feels well. like normal life where I'm just like triple booked and it feels good, you know, but uh, so I was like, all right, I'm going to go sit on my couch and I'm going to watch. And so it was like halfway through Moses supposes and the stage manager texts me. I was like, Oh no, like, was, you can't, yeah. you can't stop this number halfway through. So then obviously when I yeah. picked up, I had to start at the top of Moses supposes because yeah. it's, it's just it's incredible it's incredible i mean and i was a look this is the inverse it's maybe some contemporary audience listeners who have not gone back in time and watched some older movies older movie musicals let's just say you enjoyed la la land i appreciated that film i think more than a lot of people in our field um and i really appreciated the fact that it was a pedestrian yeah dave didn't dave get the fuck just buzz yourself dave don't even (laughs) wait for us 
just saying if you enjoyed the pedestrian approach to like, oh, there's kind of, no, they don't have crazy voices. They're not crazy dancers. This is the inverse of that. This is like, you're good, your jaw oh is open. God. You can't believe somebody filmed it and you can't believe they filmed it so well. Like every every aspect of it is done just so, so the pageantry, it's just, uh, it's on another level. I'm sorry. And I really like, do think if you. <laughs> the the, the <laughs> Gene Kelly, Sid Charisse duet in the green dress, which I will say oh this God. viewing is the first time where I really clocked that in the whole, like when he comes into the club and he's singing and everyone is surrounding him. I was like, oh my God, no one else is in green. Cause you know, Sid Charisse is about to show up in green, but there's people in all these other bright colors. So that of course is like super iconic. And that's like the image everyone thinks of when they think of Sid Charisse, I think. But then like when he sees her later and then they have the second dream sequence where she's got that fabric and they've got the multiple uh, fans going. I was like, what uh, am I even looking at? I just like I, when I was a child. Me. I'll tell you what, the, that's the one thing I'll take issue with because I've seen I think I've seen way one too many Tarantino movies because when they do that fast push into him and they do the fast push into her, I was expecting swordplay. <laughs> oh, come on that's come fair on. that's fair <laughs> Get out of here. that image of her in the long flowing the, the veil or whatever you want to call it i mean i remember seeing that on tcm when i was a kid and i was just like what the fuck yeah this is what movies can do that especially this is a time you know in cinema history where like fox was pumping out musicals like this like the escapism was so real hmm. and it's just fun to know that in a movie that sound like a broken record in a musical that's a comedy that kind of is doing something different it can just turn on its head and do what the rest of them were trying to do and do it the best those dream sequences are 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 iconic you don't even you might not even remember that that dream sequence is in singing in the rain because it's so it stands alone but we've been talking a whole lot no Wait, offense can Jeff, i real quick Jeff. before we go on can i share a tiny sid Cherie story just real quick yeah mm. please, so please. she grew up in abilene texas and went to high school with my great great grandmother um, and I oh, remember wow. asking my great great grandmother, like, what was Sid Charisse like? And what she said, this is all she said. She's like, she dressed like a spider. And I was like, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but I'm going to remember yeah. it forever. So spiders yeah. these oh, days, you so can't cute. keep them out of Banana Republic. But back then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Jeff, pressure's on. You're the one who hadn't seen it. Clearly, I think we all really enjoyed it. Did, did you have any issues with it? What was it like coming to this for the first time in fucking 2020? Did you have issues with it? The whole premise of our podcast is that we don't lead with the issues the way that other critics do. Did I have any issues with this? No, I didn't. I really oh, didn't. What's really, what's funny is there's some, okay, I'm going to say this and I'm don't buzz me because I'm saying this positively. There were some really shitty edits in this movie that were clearly two different scenes spliced together that were really poor. Mm. And it makes... Okay, fine. Hold yeah, on. Wait. I mean, you can't, well, yeah, there's one though. Wait, 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 wait. They make the movie better. Yes. I don't know. How, I can't describe it. This movie has so much character that in the middle of a dance move, which I think is something akin to a prom gene, and I think it's when he's, he's moving Sid Charisse, all of a sudden it's very clearly a different take that they stitched poorly oh, wait. together. Is that, and is I'm that the ballet there. number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I, okay, there was, there was something cut out of that. There was a fire. When she's no, there the was green. something cut out for censorship. Was it the pubic hair? No, it was not. It was uh, <laughs> she. There's a move in the choreography. He was told not to film where she wraps her legs around him. Have you ever seen a spider's pubic hair? <laughs> okay, no, that, that that's a real it's story. I, I, we're not we're not being exploitative here. That 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 was a real thing that apparently happened. Because it's a set. movie that knows it's a movie. Okay, so that's anyway, why the edits the edit don't happened, bother you, but right? no, but not only do they not bother me, I'm sitting there going, "How is this a different take?" 
this is majesty. This is, I, I, did they do this multiple times? They did it again. Uh, yeah. I was like, it literally made the movie better. And, and it wasn't just that one. There was another one. Even the way Debbie Reynolds was driving, and it's not her fault. It's the screen behind her where she's driving a car and she looks at him. And I'm like, yeah. do you know you're on a windy road? Because whoever did the projector behind you thinks you're going down a San Franciscan <laughs> hilly drive. But doesn't it does matter. something. So, <laughs> Someone's coming in. It's like, Doug, use, use this reel. It was hilarious. So what, so what, so what, so what you're saying, John, about um about it knows what it is it's self-aware not only that this movie has character but similar to how in the heights the the main character of in the heights which usnavi's actor anthony ramos even said i'm not the main character of this movie the heights washington heights are the new york city is the main character of this movie with this that's fair it's like the the era the, the there's something else that's that's happening during this it's like the crucible is good because it's really about mccarthyism even if you didn't know it like there's something else going on in this movie, there is something else. There are so many layers that there's probably, it's like Inception. There's probably a layer above it and below it that you don't even know what's going on. That's just in this movie. It's the, you're totally right, dude. It's the, it's not showbiz. It's it's not the show must go on. It's it's the aspect of producing, of making something. We know it's fake, right? There's this hmm. thing of- We know the, it's fake. The, the, exciting... the guy who plays the studio producer in this film <laughs> is one of the, he should be the worst actor of all time. And yet he's the best actor of all. It doesn't make any sense. Everything he does would get reamed by any film actor. Amy Jo is a film instructor. There are some line deliveries in there where clearly they went action and he went slap line said like this. And it's like, whoa, I don't think that's Look, I come from the theater, darling. I always appreciate size. So, I mean, you know. Yeah, he, yeah. I don't. And I felt very it. called out by the diction coach by oh, yeah. C.B. Dinsmore. I was like, oh, God, this is literally <laughs> my life. Have you, ever, have you ever worked with someone where they're like, you really think two lessons and I'm going to get this? Like, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. I most of my conversations are not with the actor. It's with a director or a t- or a okay, producer good. where I'm trying to be like, um, um, realistically, I'm not a magician. So we're going to need more time. So you either pay me for that time or right. know that we're going to get this much yield. But I was like, oh, yeah, I've been I do. I've done a lot like in theater where it's yeah. like I'm in rehearsal and they'll do a run of the scene and then I'll run up and talk to the actor. So that moment when she comes up to Lena, she's like much better. But this I was like, oh, my God, this is yeah. so much of my professional life. It's yeah. so funny that you guys are talking about that, because in that exact same scene, I will never not laugh my ass off. When they're trying to get her audio right, oh. that's what I was about to say, David. Yeah, I think the you microphone. And I would laugh. Oh, that's my hardest laugh in this movie every single time because it's <laughs> yeah. And the, and the guy, the, whoever is the person that has to deliver the information, and and I think in this case it was the director, but he's like he's like this is not my job. Why is this my yeah. job? I thought this was, yeah. when I woke up today, this is not what I was stressing about. Why is this going to be what I pee myself tonight about? Like it's And so it's, it's really funny because it's one of the few films where they, they, like, they take the time to tell you exactly how the audio and the film works and in just before Make Them Laugh, they walk through the entire set and show you how they did the first four shots of the movie. Yeah. Right. All like the, the, the screen with the driving and everything's in the background and stuff. Like it's all there. This 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 is almost like a movie length version of our old segment. How the fuck did you do that? Oh yeah. Like they show yeah, you honestly. every single Hollywood trick and just blow it on camera it's, right there. It's like this is how we do all this stuff. The, ex- the exposition is one hundred percent perfect. Amy Joe, yeah, talk about the exposition because the way yeah. they it's well, just cinema writing one on one. Yeah, from the from the jump, it's like what is the most effective way to get all the information we need to across. 
and also put us in the world. So it's like, oh, like the fan magazines, the gossip columnist, a red carpet. We're going to get so much of across so much of it across that way. And then like the way that they continue to meet out information throughout the rest of the film is exactly (laughs) through stuff like that, where it's like, I've got to explain it to this stupid actress and I'm (laughs) desperate. Let me tell you, you know, and it's yeah. so it communicates it to us who are like, I don't know, is that how they did it at the time? I also really appreciate that this is 1952, so it's two years after Sunset Boulevard, which is also, of course, about like right. a throwback to, I mean, even though that actually took place in 1950, it's like a throwback to the silent era. So seeing them have actors who are stand in kind of figures for Clara Bow and Theta Barra and everything is like really fun to see, but to see them like lampooned, whereas in Sunset Boulevard, it's like tragic. I think there's no way that they weren't aware of that when they were making mm, these it. Are, you know? These are sister these are sister movies for sure. Like Sunset is one of my maybe like top ten oh, favorite so movies good. of all time. And I feel like if you're someone who loves movies about movies and stuff, this is just it's gotta be paired with it. What a fun double feature. And you're totally right about not only is it just immensely entertaining the exposition when he starts telling you about dignity and how they got there and it's it's all just farce but uh as soon as they they start pushing in when gene kelly is being interviewed and you're starting to pick up on like why is lena not saying anything so you're starting to learn some stuff they're Mm -hmm. on this red carpet The the show opens with that and the camera pushes in and they teach you just from the beginning that we always say i'm like it's going to teach you how to watch this film they push in at the beginning and the, uh, the two actors that are on either side of him clearly just step out of the way so that the camera can get further into a real close up. So they're already letting you know, like, this isn't shitty filmmaking. We did this. This is going to be ridiculous. We're doing all this on purpose. There's a theatricality to it. back in. Yeah. So I think it's just from the get go, you're already kind of like, you're in on it. What I said here, you're in on the joke. You're kind of like, okay, this is, I'm supposed to be laughing at all of this. And I got to give some, uh, not credit, but I want to give some uh, some leeway to contemporary audiences who don't watch older movies. Sometimes people struggle watching older movies because there are technical challenges and there's a presentational style to the acting that sure. isn't for everybody. This is, the is I think, a really good bridge. If you want to kind of start trying to watch movies from the golden age, I think this would be a fun way to kind of get started because they are poking fun at it, but they also clearly love it. I don't feel like they're making fun of Hollywood in a in a mean way. They're just kind of no, saying like this is ridiculous, mm. isn't it? We do this for a living. This is no, so Gene, silly. Also, just, Gene just Kelly case, would be sinking his own career yeah. if he really was. Just trying in case to hate anyone's on. wondering, if you go to the parental advisories on uh, IMDb that they have, uh, this is the first film I've actually seen that has green for everything, like no profanity, no violence, nothing, nothing, no nothing, yeah, yeah, like it's clean across the board. It's like a Brian Regan comedy special. I think I want to give a shout out. So, to- is it? I mean, not not that, not that I you know really should say because let's face it, if they're listening to our show, they're not caring about that right now. What the fuck are you talking about? Well, what's what's cool is you can like I didn't I don't know if you know this like both our show and a clean adultity at the same time. I want to give a quick shout out to a cameo performance, very very small performance by future Academy Award winner Rita Moreno, yes. who would go on to appear as. Anita in West Side Story, but we have not yet really gotten into Debbie Reynolds, who was 19 and oh. literally was living with her parents. She was cast by Jean's film, who said she would be great, and then apparently her life was not easy. She cried a lot. She has a, an interview with Alec Baldwin, who, whatever you think about Alec Baldwin, he's a pretty good interviewer, and he talks to Debbie Reynolds before she passed, and it was really interesting hearing her praise Gene Kelly, who 
made her life difficult on set, but knowing that she'd be able to pull it off. And here is this 19 year old who had never, she said she never danced professionally, but she was in the studio program. Not a lot of people had danced professionally when they were a child. So she's in this movie and whatever you say about her, I could not take my eyes off. She's in these dance numbers with professional dancers. Mm. And I I couldn't watch anybody else because she had so much personality. She would just do, she had flair. Like she clearly, she was just gushing, right? Like she was, she made it seem so easy. So kudos. The to camera the- loves her. Truly True. in mm. the all I do of dr- is dream of you. That whole sequence. Like uh, it's oh, partially yeah. the way that she is framed. But it's also that she yeah. is so engaging. You're like, yeah, uh, uh, this last rewatch, I made myself, I forced myself to look at other dancers. And as I said, I've watched this movie. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't tell you how many times. I was like, I <laughs> should look at some of these other people. It, and in Good Morning, because she's in the center, which is also just like what an incredible sequence, you know. But she's yeah, on there yeah. with Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly, but they put her dead center. And she's so yeah. charming. You're like. Maybe I should watch Gene Kelly dance during this number. What yeah. would that be like? You know, I know she is so good. <laughs> and, and you, you know can't what? Do it. Every time you try, you anyone, can't do it. Anyone who reads the trivia on this or has heard those stories before about how you know intense Gene Kelly was with her whiplash comes to mind. Because you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry that that happened to her. If she, if it really was that difficult, but if she had never danced professionally, like who knows what was necessary. The bottom line is that it resulted in one of the most iconic, you know, performances in a musical number of all time. Her life was changed because of this movie. So I'm not saying I'm not trying to vindicate being an asshole. I hope he wasn't mean unnecessarily. But if it, if there was a certain amount of him pushing her way further than she thought she could go, thank God for it. Because, I mean, this is how can you have Donald O'Connor and Gene Kelly on either side of you in a tap number and think for one fucking second, you're going to be the thing that people are looking at, but you're right. You do look at her whenever they're all three on screen, Mm. you look at her. The guys are amazing. Especially. I love how they structurally in the movie, you're coming from seeing them dance together, the the, the fellas. Mm -hmm. And then when she starts dancing more often with them, you're like, wait a second. (laughs) Like, why is this girl unbelievable to look at? Also just to kind of poke a hole in the music theater framework here. I always appreciated being a not super tall guy. I always appreciated Gene Kelly and people like Debbie Reynolds because you know you you see Deb you see people like Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers and you think I can't do that. I just I don't look like that. It's not I can't ever. Sure, no, I, I can totally do Gene Kelly. Yeah, I was like, oh, I can do that. He's forty. <laughs> my dad. <laughs> this movie ended, and my dad was like, my dad was like, you know, it can't be easy to dance like that. Those guys are those guys are in real shape. I was like, Dad, these. These people, these dancers, everyone you've ever seen that's in the background of some musical, they're all in incredible fucking shape. The stamina is nuts. How many takes do you think they filmed of these massive mm. dance sequences? They're like 3% many. food and 80% yeah. nicotine how many, and whiskey. <laughs> how many cigarettes? <laughs> <laughs> Four packs of cigarettes a day. They were all at the bar. They're like, no, we got to do another one. They're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> they're all like 24 years old. They look 40. <laughs> oh my gosh. I still it's the hair. It's the all hair. Right. I, I just want to bring up one quick thing because I, I love when we go back to like these old films with that have these giant cameras and stuff like that. The opening crane shot of the Broadway Melody. Oh my where, God. Like, Into the warehouse. That must have been hell on earth to set up in exactly the way they wanted to. But oh my God, the payoff is stunning. said, I want this. And they said, no. And he said, we're doing this. And they said, please don't make us do this. He was like, no, I mean, like, again, like uh, I'm getting nerdy here, but like he was like, no, we're doing Douglas Sirk. Like, this has been done before. There's no reason not to mm. do it. Let's lean the fuck into it. So I love the parallel or the bookend of how 
You go mm. in and it's just ridiculous. You're in this giant, or you come out and it's just giant. And then you come out with him. And again, Jeff, special effects wise, you know that Gene yeah, is course. superimposed onto the map that's behind <laughs> him of everybody dancing. And it doesn't yeah. matter. It, it doesn't. doesn't matter. You feel like you're in the clouds with Gene. Yes. It's so yeah. good. Gosh. Also, so the, the Zorro meets Count of Monte Cristo meets like Monty Python, like sword fight in the one sequence is like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Dude, if that was Gene Kelly actually doing all that, like, you know, my hat's even more off. Now, Clearly, he does you, some of their original stuff. Have you but. seen The Pirate, the Vincent Minnelli film starring Gene Kelly and Judy Garland? No, is it? Is oh, fellas, <laughs> I'm here to tell you it's not okay. a good movie, but it is worth uh, your time. We'll take it. <laughs> Sure, sure. It's no, not. No, 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 no. no, no, no. I love it. I unabashed. I mean, I'll drink, but I unabashedly love the pirate. There is a number called "Be a Clown" that is almost the same tune as "Make Them Laugh." They've they've actually admitted that they ripped that off. Yeah, you think? Anyway, it's it is because it's no getting around. There's that. stuff about it. You're like, ah, I don't know, but I love it. But there is a whole dream sequence where <laughs> Gene Kelly is like. I'm the pirate Mac, the black Makoko. And there's like all of these like weapons and they do like stylized silhouette work. And it's not necessarily like a fight sequence, but it is highly stylized. And with swords. It's not necessarily a fight sequence. It's a dance sequence, darling. so good. Oh, that's so fucking brilliant. Capoeira. Can I just say, can I just say too, every time I watch this movie, uh, it makes me kind of uh, pine for the days of the song and dance folk. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember when Hugh Jackman hosted the Academy Awards. I was just like, oh, yeah, I remember when Hollywood used to entertain us with, you know, it's not only song and dance, but like that was kind of part of it. Right now it's like it is. I don't know if that's such a good example. That was the lowest budget opening they ever did. (laughs) Oh, I thought it was so funny, though. Again, I thought I knew what it was. Because he really embraced it. He knew what he was doing and he was so good. I just kind of every time I finish this movie, I'm always like, God, it doesn't exist anymore. That aspect of Hollywood it's 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 novice now, isn't it? When somebody makes a musical, we just talked about it in the Heights, but it doesn't happen very often, right? And when they do, it, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of people kind of have their arms crossed a little bit because yeah. this genre does not get produced very much, and I kind of miss it. I know you were making fun of Gene smiling a little bit, but like I kind of miss, I kind of miss having like zero skin off, uh, you know, off my back after watching something. Like it's not going to take a lot of you to have an immense amount of fulfillment and, you know, joy to watch something. La La Land, again, I liked it, but that requires something of you, doesn't it? That's a drama. It's a different, and In the Heights, I think, still requires a little something. It's not as dramatic as as, uh, La La Land, but this one is just 1,000% pure joy. Now, would you you pause it? Because you have, have mentioned this a couple of times. Is this the greatest quote unquote movie musical of all time? What are your thoughts on that? For me, I think Wizard of Oz is probably the greatest. But like I was saying earlier at the very beginning of this, I think there are two versions, the dramatic for sure. or absurd version and the comedy that they live on either side of it for me. I think Wizard of Oz achieves something that's like transcendent sure. that musicals can do when they're done perfectly and film like the marriage of that. And I think this is the perfect movie musical comedy. Yeah, for me, I think the greatest quote unquote capital G movie musical of all time is West Side Story. But I would say oh, perfect. there's yeah, also sure. this and there's Wizard of Oz. Yeah. And then there's there's yeah. movie musicals I love that are not good that, uh, mm. you know, but I'm like, well, I love it and I'll never not. <laughs> no, love you're totally it. right. West Side 
you did, West Side is way up there. It's it's West arguably Side, the best. West Side's of the all best time. out of like. But you did Cabaret recently. They made a lot of changes in the movie from the Broadway production. Where do you think that lives? Because you know, you also noted that the revival. Right. Well, because I've I've done the show and I've dialect coached it like four times, so I'm incredibly familiar with sure. the licensed version of Cabaret much more so than the film right. version. But I also like have yeah. read Berlin stories and I'm a camera. So it's interesting to see how they adapted and we're like, we're going to make it its own yeah. thing. And I think that more than more because uh, also singing in the rain was originally conceived as a movie musical. It wasn't adapted right. for yeah, the exactly. cinema. It's been adapted exactly. for the so stage. It's, it's whereas like yeah. Cabaret was like, how do we make it into its own thing? And I think that they did that beautifully exactly. by, by utilizing yeah, a number of different sources yeah. This How is do you one get that much that... clout that you ha- you're like, oh, I I have some spare songs laying around. Let's build a movie musical around it. Like, right? <laughs> I want that clout. Do you have a favorite, Dave? Do you have a favorite movie musical? Uh, I think Wizard of Oz is definitely up there. Um, I but I you've spoken highly about Chicago. Well, no, I divide recently. it into movie musicals and modern movie musicals because That's they're a completely fair. different style. Yeah. Um, yeah. Chicago, in my opinion, was the best modern movie musical ever until I saw In the Heights because they're pretty much. <laughs> They're pretty much equal, except Chicago didn't make me almost fucking cry. Three I think times. in the Heights is so, better for sure. Yeah. Well, I, I I have the recency bias. I said Wizard of Oz coming in here, Wizard but my Oz, favorite yeah. for sure. But seriously, my favorite of the movie musicals. Sorry, my favorite of the Broadway musicals that they adapted was West Side Story. That was the best adaptation. And the switch of cool Perfect. and um, Officer Perfect. Krupke, everybody's like, oh, whoa, whoa. I was like, there's no intermission in the movie. The whole reason that Krupke's in Act 2 is because Act 2 would be very sad without Krupke. But in this case, it just digresses that way over time. No intermission. It makes so much more sense. It's perfect in the movie. That's that's why they're different. Glad you said it. It's an adaptation, too, and that that is different. And so is Sound of Music. In Sound of Music, the stage musical, as originally done, the Mother Abbess, which I played in my non-union days... In my mid-twenties, I sang Climb Every Mountain. But, like, the Mother Abbess is supposed to sing my favorite things. But after the movie, they were like, wait, this is stupid. Let's have the kids sing that so they don't like it anymore. The kids are great. How good of a change. Yeah, it's so great. So there you go. That's what we think. All right. Any other meat on the bones about... Everybody should go see this. It's on HBO Max. It's, It's 97 minutes. It's pretty short. Any other meat on the bones? Anything you guys want to say that we haven't said yet? Mad respect for Jean Hagen. I think the whole cast kills it, but you know because she God, doesn't get a so number, I think Lamont. she's uh, yeah. less talked about. And I think it the mm. the voice because if you listen to her talk and like whatever well, it's else, we quote, it's so different, right? When we quote this movie, we quote her. What do you think I <laughs> am, dumb or something? I like, I can't yeah. stand him, and I can't. <laughs> also, stand the reason, him. yeah, I love that. <laughs> Can act, can sing, can dance. A triple threat. A triple threat. I feel like it's like that's only, but it's only funny because because she really is acting her ass off. That's the reason that it's funny. All right, well, friends, go see Singing in the Rain. I'm very, very grateful that we have this here podcast to convince me to see it. Amy Joe, I'm so glad that you watched this in the middle. Thank you so much. Oh, please, thanks for having me. Please. Please listen to the opening of our In the Heights where we premiere. We well, we premiere. Wow, we talk (laughs) about what Amy Joe is going through right now. She has a new musical. She's a new musical that is getting a reading at the Eugene O'Neill Theater Center, which is a very, very big regional theater in Connecticut. It's so exciting. Amy Jo, thank you so much for joining us oh, here. Amy Jo, tell me. us one more, tell us one more time. We can find you uh on Well, all you the can find at me what? at Amy Jo Jackson uh on Excellent. Instagram, YouTube, that's my website, etc. And then our podcast is at and almost starring on Instagram and Facebook, but you can also find us wherever you find your pods. And of course, we'll have it in the show notes today. So thank you again so much. 
John and Dave, as always, thank you so much. Thank Dave, you. have a good vacation, and we will see you all next week, film fans.